Welcome to episode 16 of Expanding Beyond. I'm currently here stuck in, well, sp almost spring, but really, really not so nice Munich, whereas Monica uh, is spending the week in Italy. I'm trying to work. I'm not sure what you are doing, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I am pleasantly stuck in in Italy for a week. Um, I I just, you know, seize this chance to uh, to come with a friend of mine with car so we we are safe and sound we didn't have to use public transport or anything so but i really needed the change of uh, scenery it has improved my mental state tenfold seriously i really needed a break i can imagine yeah that's what we all need <laughs> yes absolutely absolutely take care of yourself people it's it's seriously important what have I been doing this week? This week I've been working remote, remote. That's how I call it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I've been working from home. Uh, it doesn't change anything. And that's what, what made me think about the topic we're going to touch tonight. Otherwise, the I spend my time uh, eating good food and seeing a few friends and family that I haven't seen in a while. So there's that. The weather also is awful here. So, well, awful. I mean. It's cloudy, so. Oh no! Yeah, not not spring yet. It's slightly warmer, but you know, cloudy and uh, a bit more humid than Munich. So the combination of the two is not the best. Yeah, I mean, we sat outside yesterday. Oh, so that was nice. Nice. Now I'm jealous. <laughs> you will be back here soon when it's getting yes. cold again. <laughs> exactly. Like way to go, Monica! Yeah. Congrats. <laughs> Awesome timing. <laughs> oh boy. Anyways, I I thought about the, the topic of tonight. What does it mean to work remote and how different that is from working in the office? Because I mean, of course, we are we are all stuck here for uh for quite some time. I think that in our industry, very few people have really had any issue with working from uh from home. Like I don't have the impression that many companies would uh, require people to work from the office uh, in such conditions if they do what we do. It's yeah. very ephemeral anyways. So so there was that. There was the fact that uh, you were telling me about this uh, this uh, company kickoff of, of yours. And I had to, um, in the past two weeks, I had to onboard in another team member in my team. And this is the second... I think. No, this is the first. This is the first team member that I onboard completely remote. Mm -hmm. I've never done anything like this before. So I was thinking about all this uh this little uh changes in uh, in our life and uh, and how wrong I was about a few things and how right I was about many others. <laughs> Maybe it's best to to give some some context to the discussion and say where we both are. So I've been working remotely since April 2019. Um, that's where I left my previous company because they, at that time, required everyone to come to the office, which mm. I found hugely annoying uh, because the office was in downtown, basically. And I spent two hours each day commuting there and back. Yeah. And even though I did a lot of work on my side projects, I'd rather spend, do other stuff during the time when I was pretty annoyed that there was so so against against this like 
at that time, so, so many companies in Germany, even if they're in IT, they had never really considered uh, letting people work from home. I mean, there were some yeah. exceptions, like one of the developers there was from Chile and we just agreed, yeah, he can do a long Christmas break and then he go does two weeks of vacation and then he works from there for a few weeks. But that was sort of an exception and the, the outlier. But in general, they required everyone to be work from home. And I just, I then decided that I would never work for a company anymore that required <laughs> me to do that if I couldn't help it, basically. Yeah, so that's where I've, I've been. And nowadays, it's just, I guess, one of the positive outcomes of the pandemic is that many companies were required or were forced to try that out and let's at least hope that a few more will stick to it afterwards. Yeah. But even I, after a pandemic, I'm, <laughs> I would love to at least meet people once in a while again. Yes. Yes. That would be nice. <laughs> I was in your position <laughs> a little bit before. So, uh, in, in my company, they don't, uh, we don't have an extreme strict policy in terms of like you're absolutely not allowed to work from home, but it's mostly an exception. It's like you can work from home if you maybe you don't feel particularly good or you're traveling or, you know, uh, as the exception from your uh, from of your colleague from from Chile. It's like uh, I most of us, we are a very international company, so most of us are from abroad. And especially for people that are like, you know, there's people from Nepal or from uh, Argentina. Mm -hmm. It takes time to get to go home. Right. Uh, and then you are trying to make the most of it. So also in my case, uh, for example, in summer, I would take uh, one week off uh, and then I would have a week before and a week after in which I would be working remotely to, you know, just extend my my stay in my home country. Um, but it. It depended a lot on your manager. It still depends a lot on your manager, how, how they feel about, about that. And, um, and yeah, and even then, uh, I do remember my, my manager having to, uh, have quite a few conversations with, uh, other senior managers in, uh, in the company and say, like, why, why do you even care where they are? Do they bring results? Yes. Then why? Uh, what's the point? Uh, for me, I, I'm one of the reasons why I picked the place where I'm living currently. It's because it's less than 30 minutes away from uh, from our old office, mm -hmm. because guess what? We changed. And now the commute instead of 30 minutes, best case, would be 50 minutes, best case. And that's yeah. when I was like, I went to my boss and I was like, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I, I will be coming to the office. Yes, but I don't expect me to be there every single day because two hours of commute, best case, that's not what I want to do. Um, I didn't decide to, uh, yes, I could have changed my apartment, but uh, that's expensive uh, so uh, and tiring. So that's not also for the people that are not from Munich, don't, don't change apartment in Munich, like don't. Uh, so good <laughs> idea. <laughs> um, so there is that. But on the other side, I've also never been a fan of uh, working from home because, as you said, 
I do miss. I, I mean, I am to some extent. I am an introvert. I I do need my time to recharge from uh, uh, human contact, but I do enjoy uh, people's company, and I am quite good at you know having conversations um, and interacting. And you know, I, I I think I think I wrote to you something like this. I have a bubbly personality. Uh, so. <laughs> um, and I always thought that you know, uh, it's like what what makes uh, what makes work also more pleasant is the chance to you know uh, meet and uh, and be in contact with uh, with people. So uh, that's why I was like, yeah, I pre- I do prefer to work from uh, from the office. Then the pandemic hit, and um, yes, I do, but not at the extent I thought. I did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So for me, it worked best when basically the house was empty, <laughs> I must say. Yeah. When the kids were at work, my wife was at her job and then I had basically a quiet work environment. I mean, my, these days I still have a door I can close. I have my dedicated um, office space, which I guess is better than for some people. Um, but they're still all here, right? all the mm-hmm. time and that is that is sort of where it got tiring for me in these last months and absolutely i do i'm well i will be changing my job soon they have an office in munich the new company mm-hmm. and i do sometimes wonder if i change there because i would like to meet people face to face or if i just want to get out of the house <laughs> So yeah. I'm not entirely sure yet, but yeah, there is a, there is a balance. Just working remotely all the time is just, at some point it's just a bit too much. I mean, this year was, of, uh, I mean, last year was, of course, an exception. Even there, we had an office in Berlin, the whole company, f- basically from almost all around the world that we met once or twice a year somewhere else. And of course that, that we didn't have this year either. And I guess that is, that's what's bad or what is missing, what was missing mm. last year. Yeah, that is sort of the, my perspective from a company that's been doing this remote work for, for a while already. But I think for some, for, for the companies that have gotten into this by force, basically, I think there's, there's, there's other issues because you can't really translate uh, stuff one-to-one from everyone's in an office yes. to to working remotely, right? You can't, you can't expect to stuff to happen uh, by accident, right? If you run a, someone, if, if you're in an office, then you, you grab a coffee and then you run across someone and you talk about stuff. Maybe that's, yeah. that uh, produces some results, that stuff, that's all missing. So if you're doing, if you're not really planning for that time, if you're not sort of scheduling that somehow, either, I don't know, synchronously that you have some some calls with people or maybe just in some other async way I'm not, I'm not sure then that stuff is of course all missing and then it gets really lonely so there is definitely that aspect i don't think we fully realize how much of the work actually gets done because people meet each other in informal contexts um yeah it's just you hear someone saying something at the water cooler or, um, uh, you know, you, you, 
you know that that space, especially that space after a meeting where you stay with because, you know, you have to walk towards uh, the next meeting or uh, you just stay there and, and keep chatting with someone that that is where it's kind of like a mini retro on what just happened. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, and that part is not there anymore. So that, you know, that wrap up, that conclusion, those action items that I mean, I'm calling them action items now in, in a more formal way. But it's like, how do we what do we do out of what was just said? Those air quotes alliances that do form in in the office space, in, in the present presence, actually space, they are not there anymore. And as you said, if you don't schedule that time, um, especially in in jobs like mine, for example, that of a manager, that is a lot based on relationships. Yeah. How how it's it's really difficult to translate one to one what you had in the office to what you have right now. Yeah. Yeah. So that because if you translate it one to one, what what ends up happening is that you have a calendar, like you have a day full of calls. Even that, even if it if it has the same content as you would have in the office, first of all, it's not particularly healthy for your mental sanity, uh, because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, the context which the um, the 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 effort that you have, like it's it's a completely different way of focusing on 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 things. Um, yeah, so uh, we tried, we failed miserably. Um, yeah, yeah. What what I've noticed with our dailies is that they changed a bit in the last months. So, mm -hmm. I mean, these days we quickly talk about work and then there's like, I don't know, depending on the day, there's like five to 15 minutes about something random. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Someone starts to talk about his workout equipment and then he goes and fetches That's it cool. and stuff like that. And it's just a sort of, we naturally sort of build that all in. Yeah. We have that on purpose in my team five minutes before the day. So you can drop into the call. It's optional. So you can drop into the call and you just have some music in the background and people just, you know, chatting and uh, and doing that. So you, you have to find those spaces and those times. What I noticed in my case is that those are the first to go. It's like if I'm tired, I I, I cannot take more screen time. And those are mm. the first to go because those are the, on the surface, at least, they are the non-necessary ones. Uh, nobody's going to tell me that I missed something because I didn't, I didn't show up at 9.40 instead of 9.45, right? Uh, sorry, at 9.45 instead of 9.40. Yeah. But then what you miss is, as I said, that, that personal relationship part with, uh, with your colleagues. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Like someone saying that really happened. I'm sorry, I have to duck when when <laughs> while, when he fetches something because I don't have any yeah. pants on. <laughs> Which just just amazing. It was the inside joke for the next three days. <laughs> exactly. We also tried to create more moments in which you know you have this team bonding. Uh, but again, especially at the beginning, it was very hard. At the beginning of the pandemic, it was very hard because we were not used to spend so much time doing interactions over uh, the screen. Yep. So even those moments that wanted to dedicate to, you know, just hang out with each other, uh, play some games. We, My team, we're mostly gamers. 
So we just get together and play some online games like draw.io or um, what's the other one? Super fun. Well, I'll, I'll I'll send you the link for for the show notes. Those are great games to do together because they're fun. They don't require a lot of brain. Um, yeah. And again, you have those uh, those moments in that become the the fun ones that you remember uh, happening, right? Mm, uh, yeah, that's true. But we were so tired that sometimes it was just you know it's like guys, I I can't I can't do this anymore. Uh, so not not me, not today. I'm I'm so sorry. In summer, sometimes we have uh, after work beer from uh, we had uh, something like that from uh, respective balconies mm-hmm. and, and such. And we we do have team events, of course, every like one once a month, let's say. We have a couple of hours in which we do something. By the way, great source for that. It's Airbnb. Mm-hmm. They started actually far before the pandemic because I remember I was in Prague with my boyfriend and we were um, looking for things to do, right? Like, okay, you can go visit museums, the usual stuff, but then we already booked with Airbnb our place to sleep. So um, we we saw also there, there were experiences and then you go there and there's a bunch of activities that you can do mm-hmm. and some stuff is super cool like what we did back then was like this uh tour in uh, in prague with a trabant and mm-hmm. the guy would show us the the city around would bring us to the local places where to have good food genuine food and and tell us a little bit about the story of the of the city so very cool they turned out to be pretty good also for these times you have cooking classes, uh, doing remote. Mm, uh, you can you can virtually attend jazz evenings, uh, stuff like that. So that can compensate partially for uh, for the time you are missing in uh, in the office and being together. But again, it's more screen time. Yeah, I mean that's what I've noticed is what I've, I what I also miss um, from going to the office is basically the trip right because if you're on the way back you sort of have the time to wind down and then when you're back home it's uh work is over you've had that time to i don't know think about it or fall asleep in the train like i do normally (laughs) (laughs) and that's sort of then you're home and you don't really think about work anymore Mm. um if you're just i don't know if you're at your desk and you stop working and you eat something and then you I don't know, you sit down again at the same screen on the same computer, but it's not work anymore. Then that this this distinction is just, it's just harder to make. Absolutely. Plus I've noticed you just have to leave the uh, the apartment once a day. Yes. Some fresh air is especially important. <laughs> yeah. I think part of the reason why I feel like I do with this second lockdown is that I don't do that as often as I was doing it in the the first one. So in the first one, you know, this thing about, you know, doing 7,000 steps a day or something like that. So that's what I was doing. Uh, I had my watch that was telling me, hey, you know, you are missing this and that. Go out and walk. So Mm -hmm. I would just call my boyfriend on the phone and we would go out. He would walk around his neighborhood. I would walk around mine and uh, I would spending what I would be spending one hour outside breathing. And that would also help the the moments in which I I was more stressed because we had this you know this big raise increase in in uh, in subscriptions uh, during the 
exactly the beginning of the lockdown. I, uh, I think I told this already. Yeah. Our system was under stress. And after a very heavy day, I was like, okay, I just need to unwind and I would go out. Uh, and even if it was 10 in the evening uh, and, and cold because it was March, it was, it was helping me get rid of this, of the adrenaline, of the stress, of the feeling of being closed in, in one mental space, by the way. So there is that. I'm not doing that as often right now. Uh, and I think that's, that's part of it. So fundamentally, what, what I'm trying to say uh, is that what I, the harsh reality was that I thought I knew what, what working remotely would look like. To some extent, I knew, but I, to some, not to the full extent. And even if I thought that our work can be done from anywhere, it's true, but remote friendly is not remote first. It's very different. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that said, I mean, 2020 or is probably, probably wasn't, it's sort of working remotely yeah, mm -hmm. in hard mode, right? <laughs> yeah, More or definitely. Less. So maybe this, this or next year might be different because there's more, it, it's much more calm and easier. And, but yeah, I mean, remote friendly and remote first, that's sort of, I mean, that even starts with the equipment, right? Yes. Talking, being on calls where someone uses the mic from his laptop or the shittiest uh, headset ever. That's mm -hmm. just, I mean, how can you have a conversation like that, right? Yeah. I mean, you don't really, I mean, the issue isn't that it costs much money because, I mean, just uh, a cheap headset is enough. It's just that for a lot of people, they don't even think about that stuff, right? Absolutely. Because you don't even realize that's yeah. that's the fact you you are not you're you're not in in the call like the other people so you don't hear yourself so you don't hear your uh, your partner talking in the background how loud that is for for others if you're using the headphones or something that happened to me it's like I have long hair and I didn't realize that if I were if I was using the uh, headphones that were coming with my phone my mic would you know, rub against my hair and mm -hmm. it would produce this awful, awful, but very faint sound, crumbling sound. Um, uh -huh. That is super annoying. <laughs> and I didn't notice until, okay, I was, someone was nice enough to tell me uh, and then I started paying attention. But then a new colleague joined and she has long hair. And to this day, this still happens and it's driving me insane. <laughs> Like, can you please not do that? But, you know, it's yeah. the little things as much as the big things. I mean, remote meetings, they are just harder. Yes. And more tiring than when you meet in mm -hmm. person. So you have to make sure that those things, they just add up. And yes. I mean, the other thing is that if the meeting's longer than half an hour, 45 minutes, then it's just, you can't really make it longer. Uh, yes. Like, I think that two hours is already more than it's bearable for, for people. Uh, then in that case, if a few pieces of advice based on my experience until now, if you are the moderator, try to pay attention. So if possible, move some of the conversation async. So I don't know, you have to discuss. So this, the, the point of the meeting, the purpose is to discuss and come to a conclusion about a certain topic, prepare some material in advance, Send it to the to the invitees, to the guests, ask them to read it and to form an opinion. 
so that when you come to the meeting, then the meeting is only to discuss about what you all have read already. There is no point in having eight people in a room that have to go through a document for 10 minutes and then they have to think and form an opinion. That's yeah. just useless time that you are asking people to sit in a room together for no reason whatsoever, actually. Yeah. Um, I mean, in normal times, I mean, if you meet together, that's sort of, I mean, it's still wasted time, basically. Yeah. And it, I think it would still be more productive for people if they had the had formed an opinion before. I mean, we've done that for certain meetings, like the grooming in, in a previous job. Everyone mm -hmm. was there, but we still, after a while, decided, okay, cutoff is a certain number of hours before the meeting. And then please, everyone read stuff. Because for one, why would you all, five people or whoever, sit there for a few minutes reading the story when you could have yes. done that before? And how can you form an opinion on the spot? Because exactly. then you miss, miss stuff and it's just remote makes this more, just more apparent. More and obvious, it already yes. is that it is a bad idea, basically. Yeah. You can sort of paper over it when you meet in person for a while, I guess. Definitely. So my hope is also that if we go and when we go back to a, a, a different normal, but a more normal normal, um, we, all, we would also bring some of those teachings uh, that we got from, from this experience back into our uh, in-office life. Because there's the fact that it's easy doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. <laughs> yeah. um, so definitely prepare things in advance, have an agenda. Also, as a moderator, it's much more difficult to have a conversation that is involving all the participants in the call. Some people don't feel comfortable talking online. Some people might, it, it's just a different feeling. I think some, for some people it's awkward, for some people it's difficult. Um, yeah, sometimes the internet is bad. Yes. And so what, and, and you know, the again, the human factor, you don't have that kind of feeling that, you know, it's it's just normal for you to just jump in and, and say something in a, in a conversation. It's kind of like, I think partially it's also because of the, settings of of the different applications that we use like if you look at uh, zoom or uh, or meet the default behavior is that the person that is organizing the meeting is the one with the most prominent picture and that gives a different feeling than being sitting all together around around a table right so you're kind of mm -hmm. like yes you are the moderator but you are also the person that is expected to speak the most but that's not how dialogue should happen, right? Um, yeah. So one, another tip would be don't point always to the same person, for example. But, you know, if you would like to hear some more people like, hey, I would be interested that that's also a nice thing to do. First, say what you would like to hear and then call the person. So I'm interested in hearing what's uh, your opinion about X, Y and Z, Monica. So you, you get a chance for everyone to speak up so that that makes the conversation flow even, even more. Some people say, you know, everybody should have the, their video on as a moderator. Yes, that's easier because then you see the people on, on the screen. There are people that might not be comfortable doing that. So use that with a grain of uh, salt, let's say. Because maybe their background is not what they would like everybody to see. 
they are in a situation in which, you know, not everybody lives in a three rooms apartment. So you might invade, let's say, some people's space. Um, now with the blurred background, it's slightly exactly. better. I was but, just thinking about it. That's why everyone has now this blur yes. background blur feature, right? I think that some <laughs> people do it. I they have awesome places. Like just let me see what, because I I I saw it before. We had the blurred background, <laughs> and it's a cool place. Just show it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember a colleague of mine. He lives in a two rooms apartment with his wife and kid of like two years. And he was working from the right, from the bedroom. So mm -hmm. it's like you see this person's life playing out in the background. And yeah. it's, yeah, it's just uncomfortable, right? But I think this is sort of, this commun communication um, thing goes deeper than even meetings yes. and even deeper than that. I mean, this is all the difference between talking some to someone in person and over the internet, right? If you mm -hmm. talk to someone in person, you, you sort of, you're... Hopefully, normally you are at your best behavior because there, you know, there's someone on the other side. But if it's on the internet, maybe not on a call, but in a chat, then it's very, very easy to just assume that the other one is what he said hurts you, that he meant it negatively. Yes. And it's sometimes pretty hard to keep in mind the other one is just probably didn't mean anything bad by it, right? There's this, this um, rule of always assume good intent. Yes. And that's the, that's super hard, but this is just, you need to assume that the other person just, maybe it's not, English isn't their first language or something. And exactly. they just said something like that and it didn't really mean anything by it. And it's just, mm. it's very hard, very easy to, for that stuff to go into the wrong direction. And especially if you're on remote. Absolutely. In this, what I noticed is that communication is really the, pillar that when you are in person you don't notice it you don't notice that that much because it's kind of like a natural thing yeah but communication is really what keeps us being able as a species like if we want to talk really you know uh, uh philosophical here uh being able to do what we are capable to do like the whole point of why we reach this level of uh, complexity of what we are able to do, it is because we're able to communicate. So the tone of a conversation, the context of a conversation, you, I think you, you, you really pointed out the, the right thing about it's not only communication video that's, that compensates for some of the, of the things we are missing from not being in person, yeah. writing things, Slack, whatever you're using, Discord, or what was it? Hip chat, hip chat. Keep chat mm -hmm. before, you know, the, the non-cool Slack. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's how it looked when I used it the first time. I was like, nah, you're trying. <laughs> you get a star for trying, but that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what I, I don't know if it's, if it's the same for others, but I, that's also the reason why I, I started to use emojis much more. Oh, yes. Because you can bring some of the, the intent back. Probably not all, and you have to be careful because not all emojis mean the same thing to everyone. But yes. I think that also helps. Emojis, reaction images, GIFs, GIFs all of that yeah. is uh, extremely useful to bring back that warmth of, of the conversation. 
I've seen some people going overboard with emojis. So now they are not able to communicate without any. And their (laughs) messages are like 20 lines long, full of emojis and like turn it like notch down. That's okay. Uh, (laughs) And um, especially official communications. Yes, it, it brings a bit the warmth, but when it's overboard i don't get what you're trying to say because i have to search for the words in the middle of the emojis (laughs) like um in general communication needs to be more intentional and more structure yeah and communication plays out in so many places so we just said about video calls we said about chats so direct messages but as we all know places like slack are not only for one-to-one communication, they're also for, you know, coordination efforts and the like. And they are, and this is my pet peeve, they are ephemeral. These places are not for, uh, they are for coordinating and for deciding potentially, but they are not for storing information. Um, And that is as necessary as everything else. Uh, So one of the the things we have done in in my team because again, me as a manager, I was having issues following conversations. Like I didn't know when and how and what decisions were taken. I don't need to participate to all the decisions, but I need to have a stream of information so that I can do my job at the best I can. Mm-hmm. And with my team, what we what we did was then having a workshop and trying to figure out how do we want to communicate. So pre- personal preferences, the timing of those communications. So how, I mean, don't imagine everything is so formal, but people can expect, for example, from me that if you write me a message on Slack, on average, I'm going to answer in like 30 minutes. If you're writing our PM, he is just not able to do that because of the sheer amount of information that goes through all these communication channels. So he might answer in two days. So don't, if you need something urgently from him, don't write to him on Slack. It's not going to work. <laughs> but also, uh, yeah. again, although how although, do we consolidate that information? Yeah, sorry, yeah. you go. I mean, you can use sort of. So what we did with Slack is that, for example, for a, a recurring meeting we have, we have a specialized Slack channel. That's where we post mm-hmm. um, links to the documents for the meeting. And then whoever ran the, the meeting afterwards uh, writes down a quick summary in that channel. And that's basically all that happens in that channel, right? And then you can use it for documentation purposes in a sense. Mm -hmm. But of course, you have to be careful and really not start discussions in places like that. What I found, yes, what... For example, one of the outcome of these uh, of these agreement we have is also that for each of the stories, each of the features that we do, we open a specific channel. So we have channels in Slack that are preceded, prefixed by the Jira ticket number. So we, mm-hmm. they're easy to identify and they have a name that matches that of the story we're working in. And then all the communication within and outside of the team uh, that needs to be out there. It's taking place there. So I don't know, notifications, requests from customer support or other teams that need to collaborate uh, with us, then we can notify them and have conversations in there. And I find them, it, it's so much better right now. So we have our, what we call our HQ channel, 
that's private to our team. We discuss there about, you know, different things. Yeah. But if it's specific to something that we are working on at, at a certain point in time, there is another channel where everybody can join. Also because our HQ channel is private, so not everybody can join <laughs> all the time. Um, but then that's the bitching channel about the rest of the yeah, company. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that, that's the thing. Like there's so many, like it's a matriarchal of those channels because then we have the engineering channel that it's uh only us engineers <laughs> from the team that so you don't have the pm you don't have the designer you don't have the uh well we do have the qa person because she's an engineer too so it makes sense for her to be there um but uh you know like you have all these places where communication happens and that's the problem right one yeah. thing i've noticed by the way i don't know how many of the people in my team are going to listen to this but i noticed that because I was in this dev channel from the very beginning when I was one of the engineers in the team. So we we're talking about like two years ago. So for historical reasons, I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and as soon as I became the manager, that channel started to go quieter and quieter. <laughs> right. So I know there are channels out there where you talk about things. I know they are there <laughs> because stuff happens. I know. I see you working. <laughs> So you definitely do coordinate somewhere. <laughs> I mean, it's totally fair. I don't mind. As I said, as long as the information that I need is available to me, I don't care where, where people talk. But the point is that then we also agreed that everything that happens in Jira and everything that happens in Slack or in Miro or in whatever other communication channel we're using, once the story, the feature is over or when something is permanent enough to be shared with the outside of the world, then everything moves to Confluence. It doesn't have to be extremely polished because sometimes there's just no point or it's not necessary, but Confluence or whatever wiki thingy you use is then used to make that information available to people that might join in ages from now, right? Like this is stuff that stays there for three years, four years. Those are architectural decisions that you you did and pe- you can point back to people like, hey, that's why we decided to go that way instead of mm-hmm. that other way. Or this is, uh, we have what I call user manual for our customer support. It's a page in Confluence where we just put, this is what you should do if the user comes to you with X, Y, and Z problem. Uh, this is how you debug something, et cetera. So anyways, the point is, that even if you can organize your chat in such a way that it makes the communication efficient and intentional enough for now, the now is very short. Like the moment someone goes out of the team or gets into the team, yeah, it it gets complicated. Yeah, it's different. It's a different use case, I guess, to to sort of have this documented and more even more structured. Or a longer time period than just... Yes. But for the love of God, write that stuff. Yes. And you (laughs) notice that we never once talked about emails. (laughs) I think it depends a lot on the culture of the company. The problem with emails... Oh my God, you opened such a... This is... Yeah. Oh boy, this is a Pandora's box. I mean... But the problem with emails is that they do... It does lack... Uh, some features that are necessary having or it it lacks the culture around it 
for having conversations that are meaningful. It's like, you know, those reply all Mm -hmm. or how many people know that how you how you quote something. It's like people like me that started going on the Internet in 1996 and have done a bunch of stuff on uh, Usenet. They do. They do know. But I highly doubt that someone coming right out of college right now. I mean, to me, the, the, the underlying issue is with email is that you should never, ever ask more than one question because only one would, will get answered anyway. Yes. Um, and the other thing is, of course, that it's not really it's not searchable and not really shareable. Right. Yes. That's sort of at least in Slack. I mean, I've, I must admit, I've never used the search feature, <laughs> but in theory, it's there. Right. In theory, it's there, yes. So. I mean, again, you should use something that it's like it's email on steroids. So that's why I was uh, I was quoting uh, Usenet because Usenet is the perfect example. Like it's still out there. There's conversations that have been going on for years uh, and you can search things. There mm-hmm. are topics. It you, you learn how to quote, how to how to change the subject, how to thread things. But it's so. It's so unknown that then you get those bloodbath that we might have witnessed here and there. And also, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm a millennial or something, but email feel, feels more formal to some extent. Like if I want to yeah. get someone asses whooped, then I would write an email. <laughs> right? It's like, okay, this is, this is serious. That's why I'm writing an email. <laughs> As Careful, next, next time I'll, I'll send you a letter by pigeon or something. <laughs> well, if it has a seal on, then I'm going to be worried. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, emails are not, yeah, nah. They're kind of like more like broadcast thingy. Mm-hmm. And yeah, what else? When So my team was partially remote, even before uh, COVID. So we had two team members. The, the PM that was working from Berlin is working from Berlin and another team member that is working from Portugal. Mm-hmm. Even if we tried really hard, we thought, to adapt to the fact that our team is partially remote, the, um, it was never good enough. It's like we had retros in which uh, it's like, how do you make someone participate to a retro? They write privately to to the Scrum Master, and the Scrum Master physically writes the post-its and put them on the wall. Not not every team had a camera, for example. So someone's laptop would would become the camera, but then how do you have a daily where everybody can look at each other's face and the other person cannot? When I was the uh, manager... Mm-hmm. of the of an organization that's where i pushed for we at least had some external microphones mm-hmm. and um that we could use for the dailies so when people were remote because a cam uh, a mic that is where you can't understand people is just the worst thing ever yes. and for a daily it sort of worked when you just used the laptop and that mic and the built-in camera that's was a short meeting and was sort of okay then for stuff like retros, we we were lucky. We had a big uh, TV on the in one of the meeting rooms mm-hmm. and a good camera, and we basically p- didn't use the whiteboard. We used an online tool, right, so that yeah. everyone I th- that would, would have that made a difference, well. I think. 
that was already better, but it's of course still a different discussion when half the team is in, in that room and the others are remote. I mean, even just interrupting a conversation that is happening in the room, you don't have the same cues if you are yeah. the one being remote, right? It's like, and, what, what can and you And then do? you maybe have some kind of two second lag and stuff like that. Yeah. For when we will go back to the new normal, it's going to be interesting to see how we transition uh, to this, uh, to again, this mixed setup. One of the things that I'm also thinking is like for people like me that have to be in so many meetings that then will have so many people in any case being remote, my physical presence in the office, it's kind of pointless because I still need a room where I can be alone and I can speak. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I mean, uh, we once we once tried to do a fully remote uh, daily, but then we were all sitting in a in a big office altogether and then there was like uh, all the feedback <laughs> so uh, yeah essentially you have to all sit in different rooms anyway and mm. then it's just for that we were using um we are using we do have it uh, a microphone it's one of those you know conference room microphone uh, and we pass it along so mm -hmm. the people in the room uh, one at a time they have what we call the fly mic Uh, so it was distributed <laughs> <laughs> one by one. And that helped making it more understandable. And yeah, so, but then on the other hand, not everybody was using their laptop. Therefore, we had one laptop that would also become, as I said, the camera. And it was just, you know, it's going to be, that is going to be the real challenge probably. Yeah, that's always. So everyone in, a, in an office and everyone being remote is sort of, These are the two ends that are, I guess, easier than some kind of mix in the middle. To that, I'm not looking forward to go back. Yes, we have to <laughs> hopefully not wait for too long to try this all out. That would be my hope for this year. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> And I guess we will talk about it at some point again. I'm pretty sure. Yes. yes. But I think for today, that's all we have on the topic. All right. So where can people find you on the Internet, Monica? Uh, people can find me on uh, Twitter, as always, at KFMaldi. I'm there, ups and downs, so highs and lows, depends. Um, you can find me on Dev2, near Nyeth. Uh, that's, uh, that's my nickname also on, um, I use that nickname, that's so, that's also so Usenet, so 90s. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's my uh, username also on GitHub. And I realized lately uh, that a lot of people are using also LinkedIn to uh, to get in contact. I don't go there that often besides, you know, posting for for our uh, podcast. Uh, so mm -hmm. you can find me there by name and surname. That's where I am. All right. And same for me with LinkedIn. You can find me there when I post something <laughs> <laughs> about this podcast and other Otherwise, you can uh, follow me on Twitter as UJH. Uh, I do have a blog at urbanhafner.com that I rarely use, um, as do most people, I guess. And you can find me on uh, GitHub as UJH, U UJH as well. And if you have any feedback or questions, you can uh, email us at hosts at expandingbeyond.it. And otherwise, we would be uh, very happy if you sort of 
talk, told someone about the podcast. I don't know, oh, shared yes. it anywhere on any of your social media channels. And if you wrote a review, maybe or something. Yes. Yes, definitely. Uh, tell us about your experience with being remote. Yeah. I mean, we are just two people having yes. opinions and we might just <laughs> be wrong. <laughs> oh, we are definitely wrong. That's a fact. <laughs> yeah. On something, we are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it has been awesome as always see you next time all right bye bye bye